Welcome to the Morning Ritual Podcast, meditations and conversations to set the tone for your day. I'm your host, Lily B. One of the reasons why I meditate, beyond practicing presence, beyond trying to relax and focus my wild, wild mind, is to have a deeper understanding of myself, to have a deeper understanding of my mind, so that I can live more in alignment with who I am and what I value and eventually take that into my line of work. So to help me along the way, I was introduced to an amazing woman, amazing business coach, and that's who we have on the podcast today. She created her company, Perform With Purpose, to help business leaders align their career with their purpose so that they can use their natural talents every single day to do work that fulfills them and make a positive impact on others without sacrificing financial success. So I'm incredibly grateful to have had the chance to work with Ariel one-on-one, and I'm beyond excited to have her on the podcast today. So welcome, Ariel. How are you doing? (laughs) Thanks, Lily. That was a really cool intro. Um, I'm doing well. I'm really honored and excited to be here with you in this new ever-evolving capacity of our relationship so thanks for having me thanks for being on and you've helped me get here so how cool is this um and for our listeners I would love for you to share a little bit about your background how you fell into this work or intentionally chose this work um but a little bit about your your story yeah so uh where to begin I I feel like a big part of this journey for me started when I was living and working in New York City. I was working at a big corporation, climbing the ladder as in my early 20s. And, you know, I wasn't miserable, but I had this kind of deeper sense that I just wasn't on the right path. I didn't love the work. I didn't feel like what I was doing was super meaningful. And I mean, unlike a lot of experiences, I felt really fortunate because I had a really great team. I love my manager. I love my boss. Like there weren't really big external indicators of misalignment, but it was something I was feeling internally. And it took me a couple of years to recognize. And when I did, I kind of went on this whole path of questioning what it is I really wanted. I had moved to New York, really, I think, to be close to family, to be close to friends. It's what I knew. It's what was familiar. And I hadn't really ever challenged what's familiar. And so I ended up uh, hiring a coach for myself. I discovered this passion I had for human psychology and behavior and realized that I really wanted to be a coach myself. I decided I wanted more kind of education and understanding how we think and how we behave and why we do what we do. Um, You know, at the time, traditional psychology programs didn't resonate for me. And so I was really looking to see what else is out there. And I found this field of sport and performance psychology, which is really about taking things to the next level, human flourishing, focusing more on optimizing what's right than fixing what's wrong and disease and diagnosing. Um, 
which is a lot of the kind of traditional uh, route in psychology. And I decided to move out to Colorado to start this master's program in performance psychology. And I didn't know anyone here at the time. I'm still in Colorado now. So it was a really big shift. I started that program. And while I was in my master's program, I ended up launching my business, Perform With Purpose, which I thought I really wanted to just help people with mindset work. But ultimately, what it all tied back to was this feeling I had of not being aligned in my work and not feeling totally fulfilled in my work and wanting to help people find that alignment and find that fulfillment and feel like they could authentically express themselves through their work, share their gifts through their work. So that's kind of the journey I'm on now. I feel like you already do mindset work within the performance coaching work, right? Yeah. So mindset is such a big piece of it, but I like connecting you know, mindset could really just be how can you manage stress more effectively? How can you shift, you know, create a positive reframe on an experience? How can you um, feel motivated towards your goals? But what I really is foundational in the work is understanding the why behind it all. Like, why do we want to improve our mindset? what is it all for? What's the experience we want to have? What are the goals that we're setting and why are we setting them? And making sure that, you know, we're working on ourselves in the pursuit of a meaningful life. Um, So mindset is certainly a part of that, but it's this intersection of that with this whole purpose piece. Hmm. Yeah. And then with the purpose piece, do you have um clients who know they want to do purpose-driven work but don't know what their purpose is or do you mostly have clients where they're like I know the work that I want to do how the hell do I execute this or do you have both yeah (laughs) I would say it really is a, a combination of both of those experiences I'd say the majority of people that come to me are in this transition phase in their life where maybe they've pursued either more a traditional model of career growth where they're climbing the corporate ladder and reaching all the benchmarks of success. You know, they're getting the title raises, the recognition, the pay bumps, the promotions, or or some even have already started their own business But the intention of it was, you know, financial independence or flexibility, or they saw a gap in the market, neither of which was really thinking about what's the why, like, like, how do they actually want to serve people through their work? Like, what's really meaningful to them? And without that connection to the deeper why, the pursuit can lose its meaning. And when you get to those levels of success that you thought were going to feel a certain way, that you thought were going to make you happy, you actually feel empty and you start questioning. And that's, you know, often we call this the midlife crisis or cardiac crisis. And, And that's a lot of the times where people find me is in this place of like, I thought I was doing all the right things, but I got to where I thought I wanted to get to. And it still doesn't feel fulfilling. It's something doesn't feel aligned. And so some of those people 
do pretty clearly know what it is they're actually passionate about and they just need, you know, they want to figure out how to actually make that their reality and go after it and feel accountable towards it. And some people have no idea, Um, but they are feeling at this point in time driven to figure it out. And so that's a lot of times the work that we do together. Yeah. And so if we take those two categories, people who don't know their purpose, but they really want to have purpose-driven work and people who really know their purpose, but don't know how to fulfill it. Let's just put those into two different buckets and first focus on like, say there's a listener who really wants more purpose in their work, but they're having trouble knowing like, what is my purpose? Like how, what is, what are some questions or what are some, um, strategies you use to help somebody find their purpose? Because I think the word purpose is thrown around a lot and and can be a bit like misunderstood. Mm -hmm. So can we just like break that down and the process to finding your purpose? Yeah. So I agree that with you, the, the whole kind of find your purpose mentality can be really misleading and it can actually make us feel more stressed out. Like, how do I just find it? Um, Like it's just supposed to appear somewhere. And I would say for the great majority of us, we're not just born knowing what our purpose is. And we can't just read a book and discover it. We can't, you know, just ask someone else and have them tell us. But there are different methods to getting closer to feeling that sense of purpose. And so what I've found in the work that I do, there's kind of three main pillars that I look at with my clients to help them cultivate this sense of purpose. And, and it it takes time to develop, but where I start with people usually is these three pillars that I call the three eyes of your purpose map, your interests, your identity, and your impact. And so your interest is like the what of your purpose. So the interest is, you know, what it sounds like, what it is that you're curious about, like learning about the stuff that you consume in your free time, the stuff that you do in your free time. A lot of our time, the time are, you know, we don't even know what we're passionate about yet, but we definitely have things that we're at least curious about or things that we're interested in. The things that we just naturally like to read or listen to a podcast about or talk to friends about, it's a great place to lean in. And by following your curiosity and your interests, that can eventually lead to passion, which can eventually lead to purpose. But you have to start at square one and build in from there. So that interest piece is pillar one, the second pillar, your identity, which is, I call this the how of your purpose, is what it is you're naturally good at, how you naturally show up, what you kind of naturally offer. So this is kind of from the inside out rather than the outside in. Like I think of the interest as like you identify something in the world outside of you that you want to bring into you, whereas identity is like it's within you that you want to share. Um, 
And I think sometimes we conflate like what we're naturally good at with what we have experience in or what we're exposed to. Like maybe we happen to study something in school or, you know, we got a job in a certain space and we grow competency in that skill set or our parents did something. And we can kind of feel like, oh, that's the thing I'm good at. But a lot of the times, you know, there's something that you've been really good at, even as a child, that maybe you haven't put words to. I knew for myself, something I was always good at was making people feel comfortable in a space, making someone feel like there was no judgment, like they could show up as they were. This is, you know, after asking people in my life for feedback around this, I got the further validation that this was the case. So I would suggest for anyone trying to figure it out and using that pillar, like ask people in your life what it is that you're naturally good at. Like what value do they get from you from a skills perspective in addition to a a, a character trait perspective? So a skill might be, I'm really good at planning events and and organizing and seeing how the different pieces and logistics fit together. A character trait is like, I'm, I'm kind or I'm honest or I'm generous. So asking the people in your life, how they see you um, and what skills they see you bring to the table. And, and not only maybe coworkers, asking friends, asking family, people in different contexts in your life, what you naturally bring to the table. And then the last I, so we've got the interest, the identity, the impact. Impact is like maybe what we think of when we think of the why or the purpose, but it's really like the third component, I would say. So this is thinking about what problem you care to solve, how you want to help people or how you want to help the world overall. Um, A lot of the times this can arise from a problem that someone else in our life face that we care about, it kind of like birthed this, this passion around this, this area or this challenge. Like maybe, you know, our parent or our grandparent struggled with Alzheimer's and we felt really close to that experience. And so we kind of developed this sense of purpose around wanting to help make progress in research in that space. Sometimes it's a problem we personally face. So like for myself, me not being fulfilled at work led me to feel like I wanted to solve the problem of other people not feeling fulfilled at work. So it can arise in different ways. um, And it's helpful to think about, you know, what kind of problem do you feel moved towards? Or what is it in the world that kind of frustrates you, makes you tick on a daily basis. So those are the three main focuses I would have someone kind of lean into and explore if they're not sure where to start. Great. Oh, super helpful. Super, super helpful. And Ariel did, um, led one of our monthly gatherings a few months ago and went over these and we got such positive feedback from the three eyes. And, uh, so I know it's, it's, it's really helpful and say once, um, okay, someone's super clear on their interests, on their identity, on their impact. They're like, let's go. 
where do I begin? I think at that point, I mean, I've been there where I was like, okay, I know the work that I'm interested in. I know the impact I want to make. And this very much aligns with my identity. And jumping into working within that purpose, I was met with a lot of fear, especially like, how am I going to make money doing this? Or like limiting beliefs, like who am I to help someone feel less anxious and and scattered, whatever. Um, a lot of self-doubt and, and limiting beliefs. So I feel like from my experience, there's a lot of inner work to be done around sort of airing those limiting beliefs out. But then there's also what we've done together, Ariel, is like very like pragmatic work of just like writing it out, organizing your thoughts, like getting strategic. So I feel like you're working on a few different planes here, but where does your mind go when you have someone who knows their purpose, but like doesn't know where to begin? This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. One of the reasons why I love meditation is because I feel like it stretches time. So many of us, me included, wish that we had more time in the day. We can feel like we don't have enough time to do all the things we want to do. And one of the best ways to manage our time is to get super clear on what's truly important and make that a priority. I've found therapy to be a super helpful way to define my values and set boundaries. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, super convenient, and you get matched with a therapist to meet your specific wants and needs. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash morning ritual to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash morning ritual. The morning ritual is sponsored by Recess Mood. One healthier alternative to alcohol after a stressful day is Recess Mood. So Recess Mood is a sparkling water and it's infused with functional ingredients like magnesium and stress-balancing adaptogens. So you can relax without the alcohol or the hangover. Podcast listeners get 15% off the Recess Mood Sampler Pack at takearecess.com TMR. Recess Mood is made with real fruit, and it comes in four delicious flavors like strawberry rose and raspberry lemon. With only 20 calories and no added sugar, it's a guilt-free way to unwind. You deserve a healthier way to unwind. Head to takearecess.com slash TMR and get 15% off Recess Mood, your go-to alcohol replacement. The Morning Ritual is sponsored by Factor. Factor's ready-to-eat meals make eating healthier so much easier. These meals are chef-made, they're dietitian approved and delivered right to your door. With Factor, you have over 35 different options a week to choose from. There's no prep, there's no mess. Factor meals are 100% ready to heat and eat. Just head to factormeals.com TMR50 and use code TMR50 to get 50% off. That's code TMR50 at factormeals.com slash TMR50 to get 50% off.
Yeah. So, I mean, first of all, that, that fear is so normal, like the imposter syndrome that comes up when we're kind of entering new territory. In fact, I'd say, you know, if it doesn't scare you a little bit, you're probably not, you're probably not dreaming big enough because, you know, it's hard to, even if it's the right path, it's most, most often not the comfortable path, at least not in the beginning there can be some resistance to stepping into that new territory. So, I mean, what I like to remind people of is first and foremost, you are a unique combination of genes and experiences. You have something unique to offer the world that no one else on the planet has to offer. And so, you know, a lot of times we get in this, like, who am I to, for myself, who am I to be a coach? There's a million coaches out there. Do we really need one more coach? But it's like only I am coaching the exact way that I do with my personality and my skill sets and the energy I bring to it and the process I bring to it and the types of questions I ask people. No one else is doing it the exact way I do it. And so the right people are out there that need the way that I offer coaching. And so for anyone else out there who's like, there's this thing I kind of think I want to do, but like, there's already so many people who do it, but no one's doing it the way you're going to do it. It's impossible to do it exactly the way someone else is doing it. Um, so, you know, first, I guess I would want to encourage you to, to know that the way you do something is needed and is inherently unique. The second piece of that, kind of to your your point about getting a little practical with it is this is where we start thinking about like the features of work that we care about. Um, and this is usually where people start, not where they go after thinking about their purpose. It's like, do I want to be remote? Do I want to be part of a team? Do I want to lead something on my own? Do I want like a big company? Do I want a small company? What kind of culture matters to me? Um, what kind of uncertainty am I willing to take on? Um, what kind of pain points am I willing to take on? Am I willing to take on, you know, the instability of income for the freedom of doing exactly the work that I want to do? Or I do prefer something that's a little more stable, but maybe has a little bit more structure or maybe some limitations on how freely I can show up and exactly what I want to do. And so, you know, living and working in your purpose doesn't have to mean being an entrepreneur, starting your own business. It certainly can be. Um, and there's certainly ways to do that and craft that within an employed setting. And so I think step, you know, <laughs> step 10 <laughs> is thinking about what's really important to you. What are your non-negotiables of the features of work that you need in your life right now? Um, and what are the pain points that you're willing to deal with? Because there's always going to be pain points. There's always going to be sacrifices that we have to make. And so some of, to kind of maybe put some, uh, real examples in place. 
some clients I have are trying to job craft within the organization that they're in to figure out maybe they want to shift departments or maybe they want to shift, uh, stay in the same industry, but shift to a different type of organization and culture. Um, some people are working a full-time job and they want to build their own business, but they still want that stability of the income. So they're building it on the side and they're taking small steps every week towards that pursuit. And some people either want the total freedom to just commit all their time to this new pursuit and or they have the resources to do so and are in a privileged position to be able to say like, you know, maybe I've saved up or have support from my family in some sense. And that gives me a little bit of leeway to really play around with this. And those people go and spend all their time trying to build it out and test it out and explore. And so I think it it takes it, you got to take an honest look at, you know, what's in your life? What resources do you have? What's important for you right now? And how can that connect to the future vision, even if right now isn't going to look exactly like what you want that future vision to look like? Um, and then it's putting like the work you and I did in, putting those step-by-step actions in place, the little things, the, the smart goals. Yeah. If you don't know what a smart goal is, you got to get on the <laughs> smart goals. Can we, quick, can we quickly break down the smart <laughs> from my brain? Yes. Yeah, so. SMART goals are small. So this is like not, say your dream is to be a writer. It's not write a book in the next week. Maybe it's like write two sentences a day. (laughs) Small, measurable. So again, I'm not saying I'm just going to write every day. I'm saying I'm writing two sentences every day. Really like able to measure the amount. And so the the measurable and the, um, what's it called? Small kind of go hand in hand. The A in SMART is achievable. Is this something that feels ambitious, but able to be accomplished? The R is realistic. So again, kind of stepping into that practical element of it. Is this like a realistic goal? Because just setting an ambitious goal that's doesn't feel actually believable to yourself, you're already setting yourself up for failure if you don't even believe that it's possible. So making sure it feels realistic in a sense. That doesn't mean it can't be ambitious. Um, and then the T is time bound. So when are you doing it? For how long are you doing it? Really getting uh, specific in that, in that sense. So um, making sure, you know, using the two sentences a day example, okay, I'm going to write two sentences a day for how long? For three weeks, for two months, for two days. How long do you want to practice that model? Um, It's really effective for sustaining uh, motivation towards goals and building good habits around them. And of course, you can adjust as you go and as you learn, but it's a really great place to start. Yeah. I mean, it helps me. It helped me. It helps me so much because I think where I went wrong was like 
well, all the letters, I'd be like large, unrealistic, <laughs> overly difficult, crazy goals yeah. that I wanted to do. And they would live on my to-do list for months and wondering why they're not getting done. It's like, exactly. I'm writing like, like write a book. Okay. Let's break this down a little bit. Um, <laughs> I was living in that space for a really long time. And so after um, working with you, being able to break these goals down. And, and it helps just an overall sense of accomplishment and achievement and help me build confidence in the the work that I do that, yeah, I am able to do this, even if it's, you know, recording one interview today and that's my work. It's like, okay, we're moving in the right direction. And um, there's a sense of accomplishment there. A hundred percent. And it's, you know, it's hard because you're a visionary and you have all these ideas flowing all the time. And it's a beautiful thing to be able to think that way. And breaking things down is, you know, the other edge of that sword in order to make them a reality. Um, And so it's like, that's not to say to stop dreaming, to stop having your vision plan, to stop writing all the big picture things that you want in the future, but it's it's having that and starting to set some smart goals in relationship to some of those big picture dreams to and and, and feeling like you are sharing like it's really not about these massive changes and transitions that happen so quickly. It's about the, the day by day, consistent, small acts towards mm. towards your goals and, and, and feeling a sense of accomplishment in that. Cause that's that's really where the shift happens. It's in it's in the day by day. It's in the moment by moment. It's not, it doesn't just happen in a, you don't just have it happen in a year. You're experiencing each day one moment at a time. And so the more you can find a way to reward yourself for being in process, the better and the more fulfilling that experience can be as well. Yeah, it really is in the the little things that we do every day. I want to take a moment to thank our sponsor for today's episode, BetterHelp. BetterHelp is an online therapy app which matches you with a therapist to meet your specific wants and needs. I've used the app since 2020, so three years now, and I absolutely love pairing my meditation practice with more traditional therapy. So if you're interested in trying BetterHelp, just use my code for 10% off your first month of therapy. Just go to betterhelp.com slash the morning ritual. That's betterhelp.com slash the morning ritual for 10% off your first month of therapy. Now back to my convo with Ariel. Another situation came up in my mind where maybe there's someone who is in a really steady, stable job. They're committed. They're not super passionate about it, but they get to live the life that they love. They have a, a great salary. They're able to provide for their family or have free time to show up for their partner and friends. Um, so they're not really looking to make any changes in their job. Um, but would like to have a bit more um, purpose in their life, mm. they can take these same, you know, the three eyes and, and the getting in touch with their values and add that to their life in, in the form of a hobby, right? Yeah. And that's an important, I'm glad you brought that up because it's an important distinction. Like 
your work doesn't have to be your main source of purpose. It can be your family, your kids, your personal relationships. It can be a hobby. It can be volunteering. Um, the reason I focus so much on purpose is because for most of us, it's what we spend most of our waking hours doing. So it's a really simple conversion, like our work. Yes. Um, but it doesn't need to be the only thing. And, and like you're saying, you can totally redirect, repurpose, if you will, these pillars towards another sector of your life, thinking about like how can your skills contribute to your family or to your kids um, or just to a hobby? And how can you lean into those skills or those interests? Um, you know, maybe the your full-time work isn't the thing you feel most passionate about, but you are volunteering on the side towards a cause that's really meaningful for you and volunteering in a way that feels rewarding and fulfilling. So it doesn't just have to be work. Um, these, these pillars can be applied to any sector of your life. And I just have one more question. Um, <laughs> maybe it's a little personal, but yeah. you answer it how you want. I'm wondering if you have a North Star single sentence, single word, single phrase that you come back to, to remind you of your larger why and your larger purpose within like the work that you do? Is there like one um, threaded intention that you always, maybe you have like written on your wall or something where you come to again and again, or, or do you find that that um, North Star shifts? Yeah. Yeah. Good question. So I will, for podcast people, you won't be able to see it, but I have like a little <laughs> reminder on my desk every day of my, my written purpose statement, um, which currently is to inspire people to step into their authentic self-expression so that they can share their creative gifts with the world and make a positive impact. But I also think that it is ever evolving and it's not static. And so this is the purpose statement that I really identify with right now. And it fuels me and it feels true and it feels aligned. But I'm also a believer in like, you know, we're constantly changing and evolving and our per perspectives shifts. And my, my senses and my experience is that for most of us, the, the skills category like what we're naturally good at um, is pretty stable over time. Of course, we can work to get better at it or we can work on things that we're not as good at. But that tends to be relatively stable. Our interests can really shift and evolve over time. And the way we want to impact the world, I'd also say is a little more stable. It can evolve, but kind of to what my earlier point about like what fuels your sense of purpose a lot of times it's related to a pain point of an experience that you had in life or or someone else close to you had in life and so that may continue to fuel you for a very long time unless maybe another really transformative painful experience happens that kind of shifts your perspective into wanting to serve another cause or purpose so 
I, I lightly hold this statement as a reminder to your point um, in knowing that it it might change over time and that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I have one confession to make. Yeah. <laughs> so when I was working with Ariel, she told me to make my purpose statement and write it out and put it in a frame on my desk. And I never did it. But after this conversation, I'm going to do it. It's about time. You know what, though, Lily? That's okay, because I have your purpose statement framed in my room. <laughs> At least somebody <laughs> does. Oh, Do you? Yeah, I really do. I have, when I have, you know, you or other clients, you know, create that final vision um, where they write their statement and all the things we've really talked about today. Wait, can you read it? Do you have it with you? You want me to go grab it real quick? Yeah. Okay. All right. Let me go grab it. Okay. (laughs) So everyone, (laughs) Lily's purpose statement. Do you remember it all? I'll read it out. (laughs) My purpose is to bring ease to the lives of others, to reduce suffering, promote healing, explore wholeness, and use my toolkit to help others and to serve. Oh, cool. And a little little <laughs> picture. Oh, that's so cool. Thank you for bringing that out. And she, it's framed in all. <laughs> it's because you are my why. And so for me, it's a reminder of your why is a reminder of my why. Cool. Wow. Gosh, I'm so glad you came on. And you've inspired me to create a little meditation. So in a few days time, I'll post a meditation to explore all of this stuff. So to give you time and space to turn inwards and kind of ask these questions and sit with them and maybe give you an opportunity to explore your purpose a little bit more. Because I find for me, like I said before at the beginning, meditation is this really special time that I take out to get real with myself and and answer some of these questions that normal day-to-day life sometimes is just too quick and overwhelming to sit with. Um, So in a couple days time, I'll be posting a meditation inspired by this conversation. And yeah, we're going to end the episode the way that we always do with a full breath in a complete breath out and have a lovely day. Thanks again, Ariel. Thanks, Lily.